0: Guys, good morning. Man, isn't our God good? I feel like this service has already begun to a point to where we could just say pray and say thank you, Jesus, and go home. And it's already been an incredible service. So I'm so thankful to be part of a church where God shows up and meets with us week after week. But I'm excited about continuing on in this service and about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're talking about stress, five ways to distress. I wonder, are any of you in here stressed out at all? Do you ever find yourself losing sleep over things? Last week, we talked about busyness, and we looked at the story with Mary and Martha, and we really took some time focusing in on the story from the perspective of Martha, because there's a lot of us Marthas in the room, people who just have so many responsibilities, so much weight of what's going on that we find ourselves just worried and stressed out about so many things. And it was real encouraging last week as we looked into the story to see Jesus' care for Martha and that it kind of takes the weight off of us and shows us his care for us, that he, he really does care about you and he cares about the, the burdens and the weights that you have on you in your life. You know, what's interesting about this is as followers of Christ... Uh, this is what we kind of focused on last week. The, the more we follow Christ, uh, the more he blesses us. And a lot of times we'll we'll ask him for things. We'll say, God, I want a good job. I want a, a good family, a big family. I want kids. We pray for these things, and then God gives us those things. And with it comes an enormous weight of responsibility, and with that comes busyness. And then today what we're talking about as well is comes stress. Are you stressed out? <laughs> As I looked this last week, um, I got on WebMD and, and started looking at some of the things that cause the main, the main factors for stress. And there's hundreds of thousands of things that could cause stress in your life. But the top ten factors for stress that cause the biggest stress in your life and mine, I, I looked it up here, it says this. Number one, death of a loved one. The number two, divorce. Number three, loss of a job. Number four, increase in financial obligation. Number five, getting married. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Number six, moving into a new home. Seven, chronic illness or injury. Eight, emotional problems. Nine, taking care of elderly or sick family members. And then ten, traumatic events. I look at that list and go, there's a lot of things that stress us out. But if these are the top ten most stressful things that you and I could go through that cause stress in our lives, I look at this list and I've experienced at least three of them. I say that, and there might be some of you here going, three? Are you kidding me? I'm going through all ten of them at the same time right now. Like, we have things in our life that cause us stress, and the truth is, some of it is it's just life. In fact, Jane Wagner writes, reality is the leading cause of stress for those in touch with it. (laughs) Yeah, you might get that later. (laughs) It's probably not the best outlook on life. It might be a little negative to say, you know what, the main thing that causes stress in life is being in touch with reality. Uh, But it's a viewpoint because life can be stressful. There's another viewpoint, another outlook on life I want to take a look at today. And we we see that it's the Apostle Paul's outlook on life. Because the Apostle Paul was a man who went through more stuff than you and I could even imagine. Like we think of our bad days, and if you take a little bit of time and compare it to the some of the days he experienced on a regular basis, you go, you know, I don't have any problems. We see the Apostle Paul was someone who was, who was beaten, who was imprisoned, who at one point, being transferred from one prison to another, he was put on a ship, and that ship went shipwreck. I mean, one problem after another, and in the midst of these awful circumstances, we see the Apostle Paul's point of view on life, his outlook, and we see Philippians 4, verse 11, he says this right in the midst of it. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. And then he answers. This is, this is his viewpoint. He says, that I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I don't know about you, but this doesn't sound like a person who's living their life stressed out. This doesn't sound like a person who's overwhelmed, and yet he finds himself in circumstances that none of us in this room have found ourselves in. And we look at this, and and it makes us ask the question, okay, so what was his answer again? How how do you have an outlook on life like this? He says, the answer to all of it is to be the type of person who just leans into Jesus who trust that you know Jesus is going to get me through this, I'm going to make it through no matter what circumstance faces my way. And if you can look at a man like Paul and see the fact that he could go through life with such a great outlook on life and essentially walk through life stress-free, what that means for you and I is the good news is it's available to you too. It's available to me too, if, if, if his walk with Jesus could lead him into a way where he was living a stress-free life, then I want that type of a stress-free life. And I believe there's many of us in this room that want that as well. So we're going to dive into this five-point message today, five ways to de-stress, but before I do so, I want to just spend a little time and invite God's presence into this room with us. God, we thank you that you've already met with us so far. We thank you so much in Jesus' name that you've made a way for us, that 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 you guide us and that you teach us. So right now, in Jesus' name, we pray your Holy Spirit would come into this room and that you'd speak to us. That God, for those of us that have been stressed out, worried about so many things, that you would you would teach us how we could walk through life with a different outlook. So be with us today, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I know as a public speaker or as a pastor, I've, I've heard it taught many different times that you should never um, give an illustration about your life that's more recent than just a couple years. And I think it comes from a place of people being afraid of transparency, but when it comes to this message, I, I just want to share with you that comes from a point of honesty and truth is that uh, just within the last year, in fact, it was just the middle of last summer, I got to a point where I was just incredibly overwhelmed and stressed out. And I had been at a place where, you, you know, looking back on it, I was saying yes to way too many things. And, and when it came to my responsibilities at work, when it came to my responsibilities as a husband, as a father, I felt like there was just more and more and more weight being put on me. And, and I was getting exhausted. And then on top of that, we're in the stage where Amelie and I are like the cab driver parents, where we're picking our kids up from school and going to dance and then picking them up from there. and we got to grab some dinner on the way home so we can get in bed late, so we can get up early and get them to school in the morning again. And all this is going on, and I'm just becoming more and more stressed out and more and more exhausted. And then it started getting to the point to where it was affecting my sleep. I get home and being more tired than I've been in in any other season of my life, I'm laying in bed wanting to go to sleep, exhausted, and I can't sleep because now all of a sudden my mind's walking the floor. I'm starting to think about this problem, that problem, what if this happens tomorrow and I need to fix that and I can't like I've dropped the ball when it came over here, I gotta go fix this problem. All this starts going on to where finally I found myself real early in the morning it was like 7 o'clock in the morning I called my father one day and I'm like, I just need to come over and talk. I don't know if you want to talk to me from the standpoint of like a board member to to a pastor, I don't know if you want to talk to me like as a pastor or a counselor or, or just as your son, but I need someone to hear me and someone to listen to what's Going on in my life, and I sat down with him and started telling him about all these different things that were stressing me out. and he, And he said, "When was the last time that you took a step back and looked at your life?" <laughs> like maybe never. That's why I'm here right now. Help me, okay? And, and he began to share with me a message that, um, that we received from Joyce Myers, a wonderful woman of God. And um, and he shared this message with me on the five ways. Uh, uh, to get rid of stress. And in doing so, it spoke to me in such a powerful way that I wanted to come and share it with you today. In fact, looking at it, he, he asked me this question, when was the last time you looked at your life? And we get that because Ephesians 5, chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk. I mean, look at when was the last time that you looked at your life. When was the last time you took an inventory of the way you lived your life, the way you walk? Because the truth is if, if just spectating in church is as much as God's word gets into you, like like If the whole Christian walk for you is just like you go to church and you kind of, you know, grade the service like, you know, that was a good one today. I felt like you did better last week or, you know, worship was awesome, but I don't like it when they sing that song. If you just come in and you spectate about church and, and church just affects your Sunday and you never allow it to affect your Monday or your Tuesday or your Wednesday, then you're not being changed. Then you're not cooperating to allow Jesus to begin transforming your life. In this verse here, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul begins to ask us, are you stopping to slow down and look carefully at the way you walk? When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you stopped and said, am am I happy? Are the circumstances of my life lining up with the way the circumstances God would want me to have uh, should be? am, Am I serving God the way I should be? Am I resting the way I should? Am I living the type of life that's stressing me out? Am I living a life that's even suspe- sustainable? Because I talk to people over and over again. You hear people say things like, you know what, I'm just burning the candle at both ends. I know I can't do this for very long. This won't last forever. Well, if that's the case, then, then why not today? Why can't today be the day that you say, if you can't keep living this way, why don't you make a change? And I believe that, that Jesus would lead us into looking at the way we live our lives, into making a change. Because this verse, as Paul goes on, says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time, because the days are evil. If you take a real good look at your life, I wonder, are you living the type of life that is causing you stress? Are you walking as wise people do, or are you walking as unwise people do? So like I said a moment ago, these, we're going to go into five points. And we get these from Joyce Myers, who's 72 years old. Uh, her ministry is booming. She, she's being blessed in incredible ways. And at this stage in life, she's happier than she's ever been. She's, she's got more going on than ever, but she's working less and enjoying life at a stress-free level. And I think that you and I can glean some information from these points that she had. So I want to encourage you. If you're taking notes today, write down these five things and apply them to your life. Five ways to de-stress. Number one, send your kids to camp. (laughs) Sorry, that's not number one. But uh, praise God for amps, right? This has been a good week. We have... Over 150 people coming back safely right now. We just heard that the passes are very good, and they're coming back. We're thankful for that. But uh, back into it now to the real point. (laughs) Number one, practice shrug therapy. Five ways to de-stress. Number one, you have to practice shrug therapy. What is shrug therapy? That's that's recognizing that there's some things you can't do anything about, so just shrug it off. You just got to let it go. Told you a couple weeks ago, I went home and, and I found a problem at my house. In fact, it was a day, it was a busy day. Uh, and all of our days are busy, but Amalie and I, we, were, uh, we share the responsibilities as far as getting the girls uh, picked up from school and getting them to dance, and then picked up after that. Well, this particular day was my responsibility. I was running late, but I needed to go home and change real quick before I picked the girls up, and I got into my bedroom to change, and I looked out the back window, and there's a dog standing in my backyard, and it's not my dog. like, <laughs> What is going on here? And I looked out the window a little bit further and I could see that one whole wall of my fence had completely fallen down because of a windstorm in my backyard. And I looked at it for just a moment and I got to tell you, completely honestly, with no emotion attached at all, I just kind of went, eh, and got back in my truck and went and picked the girls up. Because truth is, what am I going to do about that right now? Right now this problem is really kind of out of my control. It's really something I shouldn't even be Bothering myself with. Now, don't hear me wrong. By no means at all am I saying you should shirk off your responsibilities at all, but I'm saying there are certain things in life that we don't have any control over. And I've spent way too much time stressing out and losing sleep and freaking out about things that are inconsequential. I mean, I. One of the ways I've freaked out in the last year is we had to replace our water heater because I went down into the basement where our utility room is and opened the door and I saw that it was leaking. And I freaked out. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to think, oh, my gosh, like, is this going to flood our basement? That's a big problem. Or this thing could even blow up. Like, I don't even know what's supposed to happen here. So I get on the phone. It's 11 o'clock at night. I'm calling the emergency lines at different plumbers, talking to them about what they're going to charge to come out after hours. And once I realized how much they cost, I decided to go a different route. So now I opened up my computer, it's the middle of the night, and I'm watching YouTube videos on how to fix my own water heater. Yeah, preacher boy here is home looking through my tools going, maybe I have the tools to make my water heater work again. One o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting here going, I don't even know what these people are talking about, And, and then I started realizing like... I don't even know how long this thing's been leaking. For all I know, it could have been leaking for the last six months, and we've made it so far. So I went ahead, I went to bed, I got up the next morning and made a phone call, and I had a plumber came fixed. The problem was gone within an hour, right? And I go, what am I freaking out about things that I really have no control over, things I, I can't do anything about anyways? And I think the truth is, for many of us, we have cares about things, so we, uh, we start to freak out about things we don't have any control over. And maybe you have a loved one that you've been watching uh, struggle in life. and ha- Have you ever noticed how many of us will actually see someone else struggling and we will start stressing about someone else's bad decisions more than they're stressing about their decisions? And you start to see someone you love and you care about. And you're going, oh, don't make that decision. Uh, that could hurt your marriage. That could hurt your business. You could, you could end up in a financial downfall for that. And we start worrying and concerning ourselves so much where we're like uh, living vicariously through someone else's problems and not even focusing on our own life anymore. I wonder, are you trying to fix things that are completely out of your control? This is where you and I need to learn to practice shrug therapy. This, I, there's nothing I can do about it anyway, so I'm just going to shrug it off. And many of us, we do this in different ways. You might you might not shrug, but maybe you, you have something you say. Like a lot of people will say the phrase, it is what it is. It is what it is. It means there's nothing I can do about it. It's outside of my control. My wife, in the words of Jay-Z, will say you got to dust your shoulders off, you know, a little white girl, but I'll tell you, she's got the rapper lyrics coming out of her sometimes. Sometimes you just got to dust your shoulders off. There's nothing you can do about it anyways. And sometimes we face circumstances where we can learn from other people around us by seeing them shrug things off. I went to lunch with a friend of mine, a man named Lindsey, a couple of weeks back. And, and I've seen him model this over and over again where he, he realistically will shrug. I've seen him many different times. He'll, he'll hear about a stressful situation, something outside of his control, and he'll just say one word. He'll shrug his shoulders and just go, well. <laughs> and what he means by that is there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm not going to waste time talking about this anymore. Like, let's move on because really this is completely outside of our control. And see, two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that you can drive yourself into the ground trying to fix problems that, that are really not your problems to fix anyways. And there's a lot of us going through life trying to put things back together, and, and it's not really something we should be concerning ourselves with anyways. And you say, wait a minute, doesn't that mean you don't care? It doesn't mean that you don't care. It means that you're casting your cares. We've been looking at the verse 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on him for he cares for you and there's so many times that God is just waiting to see like are, are you going to recognize you're not in control in this situation and shrug it off and let me handle it so I can take the burden off of you and I can start fixing the problem many of us walk through stress in our life because we haven't learned to shrug therapy so number one to de-stress practice shrug therapy number two stay in your comfort zone stay in your comfort zone now this doesn't mean that we never do anything difficult Because many times in life where you and I grow is when we get outside of our comfort zone. But as I'm speaking uh, to how this applies to life in general and as it applies to our actual stress levels, are you staying in your comfort zone? Let me say it this way. You need to recognize your limits and respect them. Recognize your limits and respect them. In other words, stop trying to do things that you're no good at. One of the things that relieved so much stress for me uh, a couple years back is when I finally admitted it, I confessed it to everyone, I said, I hate golf. And when I said that, it's like so much stress came off because I, I know some of you are like, that's blasphemy. Can you believe he said that in here today? But, man, I've had so many people inviting me. Man, you got to come play nine holes with me. you got to come golf with me. And I, that doesn't work with my personality because, first of all, I don't like golf, and I'm a very competitive person. So I'll go, and I'll be frustrated that I'm not doing very well, and I'm not, I don't care enough to practice. So I just go and get angry, and I lose a whole bunch of golf balls, and I start calculating how much each one of these balls costs as I hit it out of bounds and can't find it. And I leave there just going, oh, this is no fun. And, like, same time next week, I'm like, oh, sure. and I finally had to admit I'm like this is not something that I like to do I'm trying to be someone else I'm 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 trying I'm getting totally different than the way God wired me and I finally had to admit to my friends like let's go golfing I'm like no you go golfing I'm gonna go fishing and it's gonna be awesome and and when I got there it's like I wonder why was I spending so much time trying to be someone else I think there's a lot of us in this room that we need to stop And when it looks to life in general. Go, am I living the way God created me to live? Or am I trying to be someone else? And it comes through comparison. This problem comes when we start to see the way other people live their life. And we start to think, well, every other businessman I know, they play golf. So certainly I should have to play golf. And, and this is where people get on Pinterest and Instagram and start seeing what's going on in other people's lives and start feeling bad about our own lives. So when you start seeing someone else's highlight reel and you start comparing it to the behind the scenes of your life, you're going, my life doesn't look anything like what they post on Instagram. And, and all, then all of a sudden there's this comparison and we start thinking. Why, why doesn't my family like this look like this? My kids are never smiling like that in the picture. Well, the truth is, that's their highlight reel, and you don't realize that their kids were biting each other right before the picture was taken, right? And then you look at things, like, well, I should have be a better homemaker. I've never put, like, I see these pictures of, like, a salad in a mason jar, and it's, like, so beautiful. Who has time to put a salad in a mason jar, right? This is just insanity, but this is comparison. Like, also I'm trying I'm trying to be something that that God didn't create me to be. And, and this is interesting about this, is you gotta catch this. Anytime someone gets excited about something, they're gonna want you to be excited about it as well. And you're always going to be around people that you know what they're like. they're like. The newest thing that they're into, they want you to be on board with it as well. Like that person with the fitness program and the dieting. It's like, it's like, man, I'm doing the Atkins diet. You've got to do the Atkins diet with me right now. It's the only way to go. It's like, well, I mean, all meat all the time. is going to be incredible. And then the next week, it's like South Beach. And you're like just trying to figure out what Atkins was. And the next week, it's like, now I'm on the caveman diet, right? And you're like, I can't even keep up with this. But the truth is, there's always going to be people people that are forcing what they think is important onto you and trying to get you to live outside of who God's created you to be in your comfort zone. And you've got to stand up for yourself and say, wait a minute, that's cool that that works for you, but that doesn't mean it has to work for me. I wonder, are you trying to be someone you're not simply out of a game of comparison? One of the most important areas that we have to live in our comfort zone is in the area of finances, finances. Uh, finances are the number four leading cause of stress. They increase in financial ob- obligation. I know there's some of you in here that say, well, wait a minute, I, I couldn't plan for the fact that we didn't know we were going to have this big medical bill or this l- job loss or this layoff or something like that. And I know that, yes, that does take place and that can cause stress, but so much of our financial stress is self-inflicted. So much of it is just like, Us not asking the question, am I living in my comfort zone or am I just trying to keep up with the Joneses? Because after all, they bought that newest technology, so I want it too. And and we've had this car for so long, I want to get a new car. I, I deserve it. You know, I haven't had anything nice for a while and we buy new stuff and buy more and live outside of our means and get to the end of the month and we're just pulling our house stressed out. Living at such a stressful place just because we haven't asked ourselves, am I living in my comfort zone? Am I living by the means that God has given me right now? So five ways to distress. Number one, practice shrug therapy. Number two, stay in your comfort zone. And then number three, eliminate everything from your schedule that is not bearing good fruit. Eliminate everything from your schedule that's not bearing good fruit. You could also put eliminate everyone from your schedule who's not bearing good fruit. And see, this is going to take a little bit of time. Because you could very passively right now just think, well, maybe that's a waste of time. This is a waste of time. But this would be one of those things that you might need to go home and do a little homework and look at your schedule and look at what you've got going on every month and, and throughout the rest of the year and say, these are the things that nothing good ever comes out of them, and they're, they're stressing me out. They're taking away so much from me, but they're not adding anything to my life. And you might eliminate that there are things in your life that you need to change, things you need to cancel. We had to get real honest several years back when it came to the amount of staff meetings we had taken place here at the church. And they were all valuable. They all had a reason uh, for us to meet together. But there was a period of time I felt like I had like 15 meetings a week. And I'd start my day off going into a meeting talking about what we're going to do that day, and that would turn into the meeting of now we're doing the stuff we talked about doing, and now we should bring some other people in and meet about that so we can call these people, and now we got to get over here and have a meeting with these people. And I feel like my day was so full of meetings, I get to the end of the day, and I wasn't able to accomplish any of the actual tasks I had to accomplish, so I was working at home instead of working at the office and just completely stressed out. And we had to get honest to go, I need to change my schedule, and there's some meetings we got to cut out. Now, I recognize there are many of you in this room that you have no say in what your your job schedule looks like, but for those of you that do have a say in it, I wonder, are you stressing your employees out and are you stressing yourself out? Is there a lot of stuff going on in your life that's not bearing any good fruit? And maybe it's time to change some of those areas of your life. The different areas of our life where we should look at this is our commitments. You know, are, are you on an HOA board that when you look at it, you think every time I meet with them, all we do is we argue about people parking stuff in this street and you can't do that and can't paint your house this color and it's just negativity, negativity, and you get out of it and go, nothing good came from this at all. Are you wasting your time in areas where there's no fruit? Is there a commitment you should get rid of? Maybe, maybe it's people. Maybe there's some people in your life that you look at it and think nothing good comes out of this, in fact, only bad fruit. And when I'm around this person, I become gossipy, I become negative. And, and that's not what I want for my life. I don't believe that's what God wants from that, my life. Maybe we should identify these things. Maybe it's TV, too much, too much TV watching. So many of us, we say our lives are so full of drama, and then we'll go home and we'll watch four hours of reality TV show at the end of the day. Like, what are we doing to ourselves Or social media where we're just on there hearing one opinion after another, after another, after another. Are you saying, well, Dan, are you against TV and social media? No, I'm I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying each of us needs to take a little time looking at our schedule and say, what in my life is not producing any good fruit? Because if it's not producing good fruit and it's taking up my time, what it is doing is it's causing me stress. So we have to practice shrug therapy. That's a stay in our comfort zone. We need to eliminate everything from your schedule that's not producing good fruit in the number four. Oh, number four. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're not going to like number four. Number four is exercise. <laughs> exercise is one of the very best things you can do to relieve stress. That's enough of that. Number five. <laughs> Uh, during exercise, the body releases a hormone called endorphins. It's the feel-good hormone. During exercise, uh, you sweat, which removes toxins. Exercise improves sleep. There's so many great health benefits that you've heard it over and over again. You don't need to hear it from me that it lowers blood pressure and lowers cholesterol and so many other things. But I've begun to learn in my own life after a very stressful day the benefits of coming home and running. In fact, after a very stressful day, I will go home many times and go on a run. And I know what you're thinking. You might be thinking right now, well, you must not have very many stressful days because you don't look like you go on very many runs. (laughs) Take it easy, all right? No, I I think it's a way that we can replace um, a stress, a, a, a way to to pacify ourselves. Because so many of us, we go home and we look for ways to pacify the stress levels in our lives and the pain in our lives. And there's so many destructive behaviors, and yet God has given us something. Just taking care of our bodies reduces so much stress in our life. And I'm not trying to push this off on anyone. I mean, you you can take that or leave that, but it is proven that exercise reduces stress. And then number five, the last point we're gonna look at with our time together is take time to relax and do the things you enjoy. Take time to relax and do the things you enjoy. Now, let me be honest and ask you right now, are you taking any time for yourself? Are you, you taking time to take care of yourself? Because... God loves you so much. Jesus loves you and he invites you into a life where uh, where we follow him and we lean into him and we know from John Tintin says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. He wants you to have the very la- best life possible. Are you taking care of your life like you believe that that's true? And, and it means that we take time for ourselves and, and it doesn't have to be like a huge vacation at the end of the year where it's gonna cost a bunch of money and all that. No, it could just be like, are, are you taking time to rest and relax in every day? Like if you like coffee, are you taking time to take a little coffee break and, and do something you enjoy it in the middle of your day? Maybe for some of you, you need to go buy yourself a pedicure. Maybe for some of you, you need to go golfing if you want to go golfing. Or, <laughs> for guys like me, I'm going fishing, you know. But are you doing anything that you enjoy that, that helps you rest and relax? I wonder, are you taking a Sabbath day? Like, not just a, a daily break every day, but but taking a Sabbath where one time a week you take a day off. And in fact, the Bible shows us that God created the Sabbath, this this plan for us to take a day off so we can be refueled and we can be refreshed. I talk to people all the time like, man, I'm so stressed out, I haven't had a day off in, in months. I feel like it's been weeks since I've had a day to myself and... And I wonder, if we're following Jesus, and Jesus says, I want you to do life the way I'm doing it, and Jesus was someone who got away many times to take breaks and refuel and rest, and he honored the Sabbath, and if we're his followers, shouldn't we be doing the same thing? Wouldn't our life look a lot different? So daily, this is the way Bill Hybels uh, says the lead pastor of Willow Creek Church in South Barrington, Illinois. He says, you need to relax daily. So every day, find some time for yourself. You need to refuel weekly. That's taking a Sabbath. And then you need to retreat annually. Retreat annually. Uh, get your your calendar, pull it out, and find some time that you can take a break. Take a vacation. And if you're in here going, I can't afford a vacation, find the time. And you could still find a way to do it that's not very expensive. One of the things Omni and I will do to, to have a break is we'll just unplug our phones. Like w- when it comes... Time for us to refuel and re-energize. We'll turn our phones off because we know th- tomorrow's problems will be here tomorrow. We can fix them when they come. But what right now we're refueling so that we can be better at every area of life where we have responsibility. And if I refuel now and I rest now, I can be a better father. I can be a better husband. I can be a better employer. I can be a better employee. We can look at all the different areas of life and recognize there are so many benefits to starting to just take care of ourselves the way that Jesus would want us to. So there's this outlook that Paul had on life where where he said, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And he answers it right here. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. If you want to have a life that's not just full of stress, not so worried, it's a life, Paul says, is that you're leaning into Jesus. You're trusting him. You're doing life his way. You're, you're getting up every day saying, God, what's your plan for my life? Because I, I know that you want things to be easy for me. You want things to be light for me. You, you want to bless me. And where are you getting that, Dan? Well, it's because of what Jesus said himself in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did you bow your heads with me? Truth is, you could take this message and you could go on with the rest of your week and not allow it to change you or fix you or get into you at all. But it's my prayer for you. That you begin applying these points to your life. That this wouldn't just be a Sunday thing, but you take a little bit of time and say, you know what, how can I let these points on on stress affect my Monday and my Tuesday and my Wednesday? How, How can I lean into Jesus in a way to where I am not just going through life so wound up, so worried, losing sleep, when I know that that's not what God wants for me anyways. So I want to pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you give every one of us the courage in the room to make the changes that we know we need to make. God, there's a lot of us in here that that we've realized maybe there's some things we need to cut out of our life. Maybe there's some people we need to cut out of our life or some commitments. And, and God, I, I help, hope that you would help us do that. And God, I pray right now that you'd help us to become healthier and to take care of ourselves and And God, for every one of us that have just been holding on to so many things, so worried and so stressed out about them, we pray right now as your children, we would be the type of people who could just hold our hands open and let go of them and say, Okay, God, I know I'm not in control on this. You are. So help us, Lord. I I just want to thank you and praise you for your love for us and that you guide us into a life that's not a life full of worry and burden, but it's a life that's light where you lead us and you guide us and you shoulder the load for us. So help us, God. Help us to resemble you more and help us with our stress levels today. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, I love you. Are God's good? See you next Sunday.